0: Striegel, John, Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John.
2: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. I am here with co-host John Astronomy. Welcome back, John.
3: Thank you, Mark. I am happy to be back on Talking Metal. I am here in Midtown Manhattan. Yes. Our favorite place to our, hang our at f- a bar. Official stomping ground. Of yes. The origins of Talking of Metal. Talking yeah. Metal. Now, I have to say one thing. We were supposed to do this podcast at what was called Rockin' Riley's, right. which is a place that I first hung out at on the Sunset Strip uh, amongst... All the other great places like the Rainbow and the Whiskey and the Viper Room and the Hustler Store, which I think might have gotten torn down to build an apartment complex. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway. um, If so, what a shame. Unfortunately, was that? I said, if so, so what a shame. Yeah, I know. It was a shame. Totally. I I got a shirt there (laughs) amongst other things. Um, What has happened is... We came here expecting to see Rock and Riley's and Nils Low's photos all over the walls, and unfortunately, it is not Rock not and Riley's the place, anymore. Right. So it's changed. It's still the name. good. I'm having a good
2: time yeah. hanging with you. And we're, your friend. we're in the we're, Renaissance we're, we're Hotel
3: here. in uh, uh, Manhattan, right near Madison Square Garden. And the reason I know about this place is not only Rock and Riley's, but I know it because this is where Ace stayed Ace when Riley. he did the. Uh, NHL Winter Classic. Ah, right, and, right, right. I and this that. whole place, this floor, uh, the the restaurant downstairs, the lobby, everything was all. Oh, this is the lobby. Um, NHL. So everywhere right. you wow. went, it was NHL, and everybody here was from the NHL. Wow, very cool.
2: Cool. cool. Good stuff, John, and so great to be hanging with you, drinking with you tonight. Uh, we've had a few beers already. I'm Actually, you haven't been drinking beers. I had two beers, and now I'm on to a mojito. What yeah. are you drinking?
3: I'm drinking something called the Apex, and nice. it is celery-infused gin. Nice. Wow. Mixed with apple juice and uh, some miscellaneous other things. Wow. All right. Want to
2: do a Talking Metal Toast? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Talking Metal Toast, old school. Talking Metal oh. Toast.
3: I'm going to drink the microphone instead of the drink by accident.
2: Yeah. Well, I tell you what. We got all the thrash you could want in one episode of Talking Metal. Awesome. We were going to break this up to two episodes. Let's do it as one massive, epic episode. Cool. I'm, going to, I'm going to throw some names at you right now. Chuck Billy, a testament. Testament. Chuck Billy. I've met him
3: before at one of these horror conventions. I was now, did at you I
2: interview see. him once for Talking Metal without no. me?
3: Not Chuck Billy, but I did interview Greg Christian. Without me.
2: Without you. Right.
3: Somewhere was around that? here. I yeah. think it was at the Hammerstein where okay. they, they played. So we've never had Chuck Billy on the
2: podcast because I've never interviewed him.
3: I don't think we had right. Chuck Billy. I met Chuck I Billy I thought at you interviewed Chuck
2: days. Billy one time. I don't think so. Okay.
3: I might All have right. got a photo with Chuck Billy maybe, but I know I've met Chuck Billy. Okay. So and he's I, the first guest. i met guest.
2: Alex Skolnick. Oh, so Chuck Billy's right. on. He's on this episode. this episode and he's talking about vaping. And uh, yeah, I love Chuck Billy. He's yeah, great. So he is about to join us. We're going to get into that first. Then, John Keevil, War oh,
3: Warbringer. I, I follow him on Facebook. I, I loved all his wedding photos. Uh, we yeah. jam
2: with him twice, right? Yep.
3: Yeah, uh, at the uh, Gibson no, guitar show. Once,
2: once, once. Only once. But we oh, okay. interviewed him twice. We, we interviewed, interviewed him on twice. On, uh, on our TV show. Correct. In 2008. Then we jammed with him in 2012 with Dan Lorenzo right. and Ron uh, Lipnick. Where did we do that first interview at? Was that at in Gibson? the Gibson show? Okay, yeah, so we were place. at Gibson yeah. with
3: him twice, but we only. Um, yeah. Jam with him once.
2: So this interview with him is coincidentally on his first wedding anniversary. Oh, uh, and congratulations, it, it took place guys! In, in Montreal, heavy Montreal. So we're gonna hear that interview coming up. You sound like you have the
3: uh, Montreal accent right there. I oh, think really? It, yeah. Just because you're up there, you might have heard people say it so many times, it, it's coming
4: out.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> they speak French. I have yeah. been told I have a Toronto accent. Oh, really? That well, might be because I, my family's from Buffalo. Oh, right, and, right. So and they yep. it, the accent kind of slips over the border, correct, th- in the Buffalo area. Yep but spent the first five li- years of my life in buffalo so we got chuck billy john Keeble, and it doesn't end there there's more it's insane we got we've got david sanchez from the thrash metal band havoc havoc and, Very yeah, cool. and they are great they put out some great music so be sure to check them out and stay tuned for the interview and then ending the interview a guy who i i'm now correct me if i'm wrong but i'm 95 percent sure you interviewed him solo for talking metal in 2005 oh because i went back i actually researched this and i didn't do the interview he is back and uh, he tells me it's been far too long and he's correct but his name is benji of skindred yes yes i
3: interviewed him at the hymn concert Wow! Okay. At the Hammerstein Ballroom back in the day, that is yeah. amazing. Yeah, very 2005,
2: cool. 2005. I Googled it. It's still up there. It lives, that is so cool. Probably lived for hundreds of years uh, yeah. on the internet. <laughs> on the internet, that yeah. interview. Yeah. So Skindred. Benji's
3: back, and Benji, uh, Benji, thanks for coming back on Talking Metal all these years later. You, Benji, you were that was one of the very first uh, interviews that yeah, really. that we really ever did. So, and,
5: and,
2: and as, as he says at the beginning of the interview, I think I say, uh, he, we last interviewed you, even though it was you. I said, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, no, in it's 2005, yeah, we. and he says, uh, he's been, well, oh, that's been far too long, Mike. Yes. So, <laughs> that's cool. So, that
3: was a great show. You remember that? I went to yeah. see him. Skindred opened up. It was at the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is a block and a half away from here. Right. Um, amazing show. Both bands.
2: Yes. So on that note, let's uh, let's get right into it. Let's hit some Testament. Let's uh, hit the song Rise Up, and this will be followed by my interview with Chuck Billy of Testament.
0: of burning bodies, bloodshed everywhere. Scattered remains, we're full
2: It's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and what an honor! On the phone, we have Mr. Chuck Billy of Testament. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Cool. We, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I got to see you guys way back at the beginning of June in New Jersey, and the tour it's is cool. is still going. It was a great, great night. You guys, Anthrax, Lamb of God, Slayer. How how has the tour progressed?
6: Oh, it was great. I mean, it's like you know, definitely a historical event. <laughs> yeah. You know, being with Slayer, and especially for us, we got a lot of history over 30 years with them, and it's an honor to be kind of a part of the farewell tour. And I got to tell you, you know, Slayer, if this is truly their farewell tour, they're doing it right. It's um, the best they're playing. Production, just you've seen it. You know, yes, it's, it's,
2: yeah, amazing.
6: It's, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. A lot of fire. A lot of fire on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it is a great tour. And how how much is left on the tour? I mean, like I said, I saw you like two months ago at this point. We're about 10
6: days in right now, maybe. So we still, yeah. we're still got a ways, yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. And I also wanted to talk to you about your... Your vaping products, because this is something that I guess you you ventured into a number of years back, and yeah. now you have released some new items which sound really really cool. And I mean, just as a business guy, it seems like this is the time to get into this because the industry is exploding. And you know, let's let's start there. What what attracted you to going into uh, the vaping business?
6: Well, I mean, I was approached about uh, doing a product with Lord Vapor pens um, on four years ago or so, and and you know, I don't think everything was legal quite yet in as many states as it is now. Right. But it was something new and something I thought was probably good for people, especially like for medical use. You know, people that probably don't smoke weed or maybe have never have and you know like my example is my sister-in-law she right. she never smoked weed and kind of looked down on it. but when she got it with cancer a doctor recommended her trying it and they asked me about bringing them over one of the vaporizers the chiefs and some weed and and i showed her how to use it and do it and, and it helped her because she had problems not being able to eat and it helped her with her appetite so you know there's that benefits of course yeah there's there can be the people that just use it for smoking and like myself yeah you know i still like smoking a joint but when it comes to vaping when i want to go somewhere private like say the movies or baseball game or you should even get away with it on the plane you know right um that's when the vapes really come in handy <laughs> right on right on. you know you got a 12 hour flight somewhere you know and a hit now and then is not bad
2: yeah, absolutely. And there are I guess three new products that you're now that you're now launching. Yeah. The so let's let's go through these individually. Can you fill yeah. us in a little bit? The tom yeah, tomahawk.
6: The yeah. Yeah, the tomahawk is pretty much like a pipe. It's a very convenient device that has five pods that come with it. And you, you preload the pods with, with weed. And the, it's a cone-shaped pipe, basically, and it has a built-in lighter at the end. So, like, the other night, we were using it outside after the show, and it was very windy, but it still worked fine. It worked great wow. in the wind. So, like, man, I was, like, selling the product right there to all my friends that's on the tour just because it was, it was working so great in the wind. And and that, that's one I like using. You know, it's pretty convenient looking conspicuous and holding a lighter to a pipe, you know? Yeah. And then uh, the second one I have is, uh, it's called the uh, Dreamcatcher. And the Dreamcatcher is an oil cartridge vaporizer that uh, works great. I mean, it's got three temperatures in it, and it's shaped like a Zippo, basically. And from all the other cartridge vaporizers I've seen, the cartridges where you hit the mouthpiece are always exposed. So you either got to take the cartridge out or... You know, you not put it in your pocket or something. Whereas the new one I have, it has like a Zippo lid, so you can just simply close the lid, put it in your pocket, and it's very inconspicuous. And it does—it looks like a lighter, and it definitely doesn't look like paraphernalia.
4: Right.
6: And uh, and and the battery life is on it is awesome. I started it at the beginning of the tour, and I'm still charged up. I think I probably—I'm wow. I'm kind of doing a test to see how long it'll go without it dying. But like I said, I'm almost ten days. Days in, I left them the twenty sixth. Was the first date, and it's still going. So the battery's awesome on it.
4: Right, cool.
6: um It comes with like three different adapters, so you can use any cartridge because they're making different size cartridges now, and get all the way up to a gram cartridge, which is pretty awesome. That lasts a long time. Cool. Um, and they got the, also the cool graphics on them, so they're the pretty. They're pretty unique looking. And then the final product is the War Drum, which is basically the second generation. Uh, vaporizer from you know it's just a new and improved um the problems we're having with the first generation was that the mouthpieces were breaking off pretty easily so we redesigned it to where it's a magnetic top and it's packs which was most of the number one vaporizers it's similar to that has a magnetic top um also it has pods also it has a an adapter that you can drop in the chamber to burn to vape wax as well so that's kind of unique, right. and and again, the battery life lasts awesome, and they're actually replaceable batteries. So you can get two or three batteries, have them charged, and take them with you. You know, you're out on somewhere where you have no power access, and they work. They were They work awesome, and these are all quality stuff. I mean, it's not novelty stuff. It's actually a really good product. So we're very very proud of the new line.
2: Yeah. And I mean, like you said, they have cool designs. You can check them out, guys, online at lordvaporusa.com. There's also like t-shirts and well, like coasters and bag tags and yeah. all sorts of stuff you can pick up too.
6: Yeah. And that's a different line. That's that's the chief of thrash, that uh, the line of merchandise we have. And there's everything under the sun that you can get under there. You know, we don't list everything on the site, but you can pretty much get anything you want, you know, from computer pads to cups to, you know, hats. Anything. There's a big variety of uh, merchandise available for it.
2: Right now, are these available in stores or just strictly through the the website?
6: Well, right now it's at the website, but for me traveling and meeting people, I do have friends around the country and and they have shops and they want to hold. This, they want. They want it. So we are definitely going to start doing. Uh, selling them to the shops, you know? Um, I think now we're just trying to get it off the ground, get everybody knowing about it and checking it out and reviewing it and take it from there. And did you have certain
2: artists that worked with you on the designs that are, that are on there?
6: Um, yeah, actually Marcelo Vasco, who's, um, he did our last record cover with LRN Cantor. Um, he helped us out with some of the designs of the shirts and the placement of the artwork on all the products.
2: Cool. Cool. And I guess on, on the music front, I wanted to check in with you. I had read that you were tentatively planning to get back into the studio in early 2019. I wanted to see if that was still the the game plan. And if you guys had started writing anything at this point, are there, are there riffs? Are there lyrics ready to go?
6: There's no lyrics, but I'm sure Eric's got riffs going, and, and so does Alex. Um, after the Slayer tour, we're, we're not taking any more tours. It's that time to buckle down and try to get some music written. You know, our, our, our hopes and dreams would be, you know, to get in the studio by January and have an album out by the summer. And oh. That would be our ultimate dream. But you know, we'll see what happens. It's it's tough making promises because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah of course and
2: when when you do songwriting you know with with eric and you mentioned alex too are you guys do you guys enter the studio with like completed finished ideas ready to go or do you kind of go into the studio and work stuff out there and and do actual sometimes writing that in works the studio that way.
6: yeah sometimes it works that way i mean it all depends how much those guys have worked on it but you know a lot of the times alex has brought completed demoed songs so it all depends. I mean, uh, last year Alex didn't contribute as much to the record, but you know, it's wide open this year, you know? Cool.
2: And, and has there been any thought on working with a, a producer or mixer? I know you had Andy Sneap mix the last one, right?
6: Yeah. I mean, there's always that thought and talk, but then there's always at the end of the day, we always go, you know what? I don't see anything wrong with what Andy did. So, right. <laughs> you know, let, let's, continue on, you know, like they say, you don't mess with it if it ain't broke, you know. So you would definitely
2: bring Andy back to, to mix again?
6: I, I think so. I mean, yeah. I think he's he, he's got a good grip on our sound, and, and we work well together, and you know, at this point, I mean, unless we had issues, there's no really no reason to try to go somewhere else, you know, so I, I don't see it yet. <laughs>
7: right.
2: Gotcha. And... Now, you do management work, too. Larry. You you manage
6: Exodus? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not anymore. We're, not we anymore. We don't manage Exodus anymore. Um, we're managing Benedict and um, Soil Work. And right now, the only band I'm, I'm managing is Shattered Sun, which is one of our first bands we started managing. Oh, okay. And, you know, they're a young band out of Texas. They're on their second record, on Victory Records. And, you know, I enjoy working with them. They're hardworking young kids and I'm really trying to take them from the beginning and kind of, you know, you know, lead them in the right directions business wise and get them on their feet, you know, doing their own business, you know, eventually as well.
2: Cool. And do they have music out? Is there an album out by them yet?
6: Yeah, there's actually two albums out. Oh, okay. Know, Hope to check them out. Their, their second record out um, last July, but uh, we're working on a new record right now and, you know, we'll see where that goes. It's uh, been tough to get him out on the road on some tours. You know, so right. you know, I find it difficult trying to break a new band.
2: <laughs> right on, yeah. And you guys, of course, as we mentioned at the beginning of the interview, you're out on the road on this this Slayer tour, the final Slayer tour. Has there ever been any yes. talk amongst Testament like, hey, at some point we got to hang it up? Some we got to do a, a farewell tour or. or announced the end or is that still just a long way down yeah,
6: the road? That, that's, I hope it's a long way down the road. I mean, yeah. I think we've, um, you know, been, you know, once, you know, Alex and the original guys came back in 05, once we right. really kind of buckled down and say, you know, we're going to get back and be a touring band and work hard, you know, we've been kind of forging forward and, and it's been great and our relationships and the music we've been writing and everything has been, been working. So, I don't think that's even been a consideration, you know. Good. You know, but I would think it'd have to be something catastrophic. <laughs> right. For us to go, okay, it's time, you know. Good.
2: Well, that's good to hear. And, and Chuck, I know you are out on the road right now, so we don't want to take up too much of your time we do thank you for checking in with us and we encourage all the talking metal listeners to go to lordvaporusa.com there's a drop down menu at the top there one of the one of the choices is chuck billy so you just click on that and you can see all these great products that chuck was telling us about today tomahawk dreamcatcher war drum some really cool stuff yeah yeah very cool (laughs) chuck thank you so much for talking with us on talking metal
6: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You bet. Appreciate it. Keep in touch. All right, man.
3: Into the Pit by Testament from 1988, one of
2: my all-time favorite years. Yes, what a great year it was. Uh, I think we met in late 87, but we, 87, we definitely hung out a lot in 88 yeah, at we Berklee College in of Music.
3: We, we had a blast back in those days. Yeah, good good, good times. You want to hear something? I never told you this before. It has nothing to do with metal. Okay. I never knew what a Brussels sprout was until I went to your home. <laughs> Was that my mom? Yeah, pasta? yeah, oh, in okay. in uh, in Pennington. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and and now they're, they're one of my favorite things. I know this is off when topic. Did you, when did you come there? It was around the time we first met, I don't know if I can say this on the air. Yeah,
2: well, I, actually, I remember we there were two times. Uh, you came down. One time we went to an Ace show in Pennsylvania, okay. some random place. Right. Another time we went to the opening night of, of the, the KISS show. show. yeah, yeah in, the Revenge show. Yeah, in Tour. Bethlehem, PA. I don't know if it was one of those it times. It might or. have been
3: one of those nights. Do you remember uh, we went to a... Uh, uh, Facility that we met someone named Jennifer L.
2: Yeah. Oh, I remember. that. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, good. I think that was actually a different time. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was, So you, I think, you, I think you, you came down numerous times yes, to Pennington. Yeah.
3: The, the best story I have. Can I tell one quick story before we get into yes, the podcast? Sure. Okay. Sure. I, I hope I don't get anybody in trouble. I'll, 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 I'll be a little cryptic with it. There was one point where we walked from a
2: facility called AJ's, oh, okay, all the way different... back
3: to Hoboken.
2: Yeah, that was like a four-mile walk, and. and the thing you're leaving out, it was after a whole night of drinking. Right. Where we were literally broke. We had no money. Somehow, to a
3: nowadays we got credit cards. We have all oh, yeah. kind of access to yeah. money. But back Some in those of the days, somehow the
2: credit cards were maxed. The credit cards the were maxed out, gone. and the
3: cash was gone. Yeah. And we had to walk from a place called AJ's, AJ's in Secaucus. Secaucus I it's still there. Google it is still it right there. Now. I just checked yeah. the other day, yeah. and they have a rock venue. At least at one point, they had a rock venue that was part of AJ's. It may not exist anymore. AJ's is still going strong. And we walked from AJ's all the way to Hoboken uh, because neither of us had, like, Money. 10 bucks or anything yeah. you know for a car. Wow. wow. That great. was a great walk. And I always <laughs> think of that.
2: And it was uphill, too. When yeah, uphill. Yeah, yeah. We, went, we a had ridge, to go yeah. into, into Jersey Weehawken. City
3: Heights. Yeah. Oh, and then Union. down. That was Union. Yeah, yeah. yeah. over yeah. into Union. Yeah. Crazy. We yeah. walked so far. It was out of Good whack. What a history! And guess what? Donna if you strong. guys want to know... What we're talking about, you talking about listeners. You search AJ's and Seacaucus, and I think you will understand why we had
2: no money left. Yes, and who knows? The night is young. Maybe we'll end up at AJ's again tonight. We could end up at AJ's (laughs) a little bit later. You never know. You never know. It's only a a skip and a hop away over the Hudson River, so we will see. But anyways, this is John Keevil. Of the band Warbringer, they are still going strong these many years later. Stronger than ever, actually. It's such good music coming from these guys. I cannot wait to hear the new single. Where is it, John? You told me it would be ready by Heavy Montreal, but it was not ready, so you got some explaining to do, which you will do in this interview. Right here, our good friend John Keeble of the excellent band. I know there, there are a lot of thrash metal bands out there, but... To me, Warbringer is the best, if not one of the best. Check him out, guys. Here we go. Mark Striegel and John Keeble in Montreal, Canada, right here on Talking Metal. Hey, it's Mark, and we are here in Montreal, Canada, Catching up once again with John Keeble from Warbringer, who is here to destroy the stage at Heavy Montreal
1: today, Sunday, July 29th. John, how are you? I'm doing great, man. In, in high spirits, well-rested. We flew in yesterday. Uh, I'm on an anniversary trip with my wife, so we like practically left Disneyland on our wedding anniversary oh, cool. two days ago. Your flew first in.
2: anniversary? Or? Yeah, oh, first. Congratulations, So we went man. all
1: out and we're doing a whole trip around. We're going to Vermont after this to go hiking oh, nice. around in the woods. Nice. and uh, So this is like... You know, we just happen to have a heavy metal festival as part of that vacation. It's really neat. Uh, I like that I get to do that shit in my life, you know.
2: Right. Well, we had uh, like a 40-minute, 30, 40-minute interview with you recently on the podcast. Two weeks ago or something. Yeah, not too too long ago. But just a little catch up here in person at uh, Montreal. Uh, you'd mentioned a new single is on the way how's, how's that coming along
1: uh, it's it's done right. so we're we're literally awaiting release it's going to be there's also going to be a limited edition 7 inch that's why we're awaiting release instead oh, of okay. playing so it, it today up like, up like we nice. kind of discussed in yeah, the podcast yeah, yeah. They're yeah. Gu- the label decided to make a 7 inch happen so we pulled a, a live track from our last summer tour we, we hit up our sound guy and we got a live version of uh, Descending Blade from Low to the Vanquish with, oh, cool. um, that turned out pretty damn good on the B side of that 7 inch so that'll come out And but it's mainly going to be a digital single with like a lyric video that goes with it nice. and uh, just to put out a single remind people that Warbringer exists and that we will blow your head off anytime you put us in your, your stereo. Right on, yeah. right on.
2: Cool. And how long a set do you get at the uh, at Heavy Montreal, like 45 minutes Forty-five. so? so we're good. doing we're
1: doing nine songs, and, you know, we're going to do what we do and gun them out as fast and hard as we can pretty much and just try to essentially be like the live show equivalent of a nuke. Right. Yeah. Do you <laughs> prefer
2: festivals over, like, say, headlining dates or individual dates, or
1: uh, how do they compare? It's a totally different experience because, like, the kind of – the show itself, honestly – I don't remember a show after I play it because I'm on – I'm just in this weird autopilot where I'm thinking about vocals and performance. And so, like, my memory totally goes. And I find that very interesting psychologically. It's all the adrenaline and shit. So, shit, I couldn't tell you. I you know, I've had – I've played to audiences anywhere from the side of, like, thirty to 12,000 or something. And, I mean, what I actually do in either case is exactly the same. So – I enjoy festivals though because I like the really social atmosphere during the yeah. day, and I like getting to see a lot of other bands. And of course, just uh, you know, any band would rather play in front of more people, so I like that. But one of the things about the club shows that's fun is I think the kind of band we are can like really just rip the crowd's head off in that kind of setting because I can like jump in, you know, get in people's face, jump in the crowd, and like something about that right. is going to make. Usually, like the hardest, like thrash shows. Yeah. Uh, but festival crowds is a more like, it's a different atmosphere. We even change up the set a bit on festivals to right. include more like fist in the air type stuff and oh, less okay. of the just straight up, right, blitzkrieg so. attack that we normally do. Right on.
2: Cool. Yeah. One thing I've been asking everybody is uh, albums, full albums in their entirety what albums and they don't even have to be metal they can be whatever they can be metal they don't have to be what albums give me two or three that have really been important to you in your life and and emotionally affected your life's path
1: okay now I've, I've had i've done a lot of interviews of these and i've gotten this question before but so, okay so uh i'm gonna give one to somebody who's one of my all-time favorite musicians who just died actually on my wedding anniversary oh, uh, mark right. the shark shelton of a uh, u.s cult epic heavy metalers manila oh. road oh yeah and i love that and i'll say crystal logic though i, I actually think uh Open the Gates and the Deluge Might and Mystification I might think are A little better records But Crystal Logic's Just the one that Is a real like Feel good record You know Just songs about Ancient uh, Kind of like a Mishmash of all mythology Done with that That Mm -hmm. Voice And it just It makes me so happy to hear I just love it
2: Here's a weird question Did the first time I ever interviewed him, you in person in New York, did you have a crystallogic T-shirt? I on? did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have the shirt in, anymore. Yeah, but yes, pop, yeah. yeah. I, so yeah. I'm not just I'm yeah. not
1: jumping on because the dude. Yeah, like, yeah. That, I remember that, that specifically. Yeah. You had that T-shirt. I, yeah, I've yeah. been I, I really like anything that's like wizardly or reminds me of like ancient magical times yeah. before this weird. Right. Kind of soulless technological era yeah. we're in, so anything that evokes that I find really wonderful. So and I send out my tribute to that guy because that's yeah, one of my absolutely. favorite. Musicians. Were they on Shrapnel?
2: I'm trying to remember. They what were label. for yeah. a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they think, did, I uh, think they did some work with Mike Varney on Shrapnel. They did
1: yeah. uh, the track, "Flaming Metal Systems," which is now a bonus track on Crystal Logic, yeah. uh, and that starts with like a minute-long guitar solo because it was on a Shrapnel record. Yeah, compilation, it was. You know what it
2: was on? It was on one of the. It was like the U.S. Guitar Hero yeah. Shrapnel compilation, either volume. I, I want. To say it was Volume Two, but I'm not—I'm not sure. Oh, you know, like, your yeah. Shrapnel Records yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, well, that—that that was my hate. I mean, I'm 48 years old, so that was my hate <laughs> when I was a kid. I was really into Shrapnel Records. Hell yeah, so, dude! Yeah, one
1: of the better yeah. record—like they had a couple of the better record label names. Uh, Shrapnel Records, Combat Records, and yeah. I gotta hand it to our label, Napalm Records. Oh, absolutely! You know, just going yeah. with like some military jargon, you know, some kind of weapon plus yeah. records is a yeah. good, good metal label. Yeah, they've been getting if a lot of
2: press lately with this D. Snyder release. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, sweet. yeah. Cool. Give me another, another one or two albums. Okay, it, here's
1: one that's uh, that's pretty underknown too. Uh, you ever heard of Ashbury? Endless Skies? No. Okay, that's like uh, it's from like the early '80s. It's a really uh, my wife loves it, and we were just listening to it, but it's like a uh, it's kind of unique because it's like the midpoint between really early heavy metal and like, you know, and like 60s 70s rock like reminds me a bit of like the Eagles or James Taylor at wow. parts. So it's cool. like soft and it, but the guitar, the melodic lead guitar playing is just a 10 out of 10 every okay. uh, song. good. It's a really fantastic record. It's not like uh there's only like one song that it has a real like head banging riff in it, wow. but it's uh it's got the like wizardly metal themes okay. and stuff. Cool. It's really check good. That um, out. And then my classic answer for this question is Bathory, Twilight of the Gods. If you Oh, wow, like okay. that, Which record is, like, my spirit? And so that one right. just sounds like the song of the mountain to me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Very cool. Very cool. And we always look forward to what Warbringer has in store. The single, it sounds like, is
1: on the way and uh, uh I'll tell you, it's uh it's called power unsurpassed oh okay yeah, so this probably won't get released till around the time that does or if a few days before so fuck it i don't yeah. care it's called power unsurpassed and i'll tell you a bit about the song okay yeah um, please it's a mid since i you know i promised we would play it and then we didn't so i gotta i gotta do something for you now. yeah <laughs> um so anyway power unsurpassed is like a mid-paced song it was written by carlos and myself um kind of in the vein of like living in the world a whirlwind or remain violent uh the theme is kind of cool because uh, i i Pretty much just got the chorus line because of that one Donald Trump quote: "We will rain down a fire and a fury like right. the world has never seen before." Now, like I study warfare as we right. talked about before, so like you, you know, I get the impression that he doesn't know exactly what he's saying when he yeah. says that. Okay, um, and that's really scary. Yeah, you know, that's really scary. We have a like. And I'm just like, what a world we live in where the president, the leader of the free world is going to give like a thrash singer who wants to write the most evil shit he can think of like me, a line. And I can just quote it verbatim, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't right. have to change it. Yeah. So the song is kind of about, though, uh, it's not about him. It's about that kind of idea that yeah. you're going to be number one at all costs and I will have all the power or I'll watch it all burn, right. that kind of mentality. So it's not just about him, but it's about anybody who's got that mindset, you know, the that, just where, like, I'll be, uh, the the line at the end is, I will be second to none over right. and over, but, like, really kind of demented and megalomaniac sounding. So I was trying to do that. And there's a little bit of nod to the chorus lines, like, the old age has died, a new world has begun with a fire and a fury, second to none. Nice. And so that's nice. like... uh there's a little bit of an allusion to uh, not just weapons of mass destruction, but Warbringer and its weapons of thrash destruction, because I don't think any of the old guys are putting out a record as vicious as Woe to the Vanquish right, right now. I'll just say yeah. it. Yeah, Woe they, to the Vanquish from 2017, you
2: know? the, yeah. the great Warbringer record, and we will definitely play a, a, some music off of Woe to the Vanquish in just a bit here on the podcast. John, before I let you go, you've had a long history with talking metal. I remember we had you Oh God! It had to be back in 2008 when you guys were were just uh, getting going. I believe that's when you had the Crystal Logic T-shirt <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> you were on our, our TV show doing a brief interview. Then you came back a number of years later and and jammed with us. Yeah, that was we sweet. We did the, uh, him, the from, bell from, yeah, and that was with Ron Lipnicki, who was in Overkill. He's currently left Overkill, but great drummer. And mm-hmm. that's up on YouTube, guys. Uh, you can check that out. I'll put it in the show notes today mm-hmm. on TalkingMetal.com. Yeah. Yeah, so just, uh, yeah, thank you for always uh, being so cool with us. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, thanks for metal. thanks for always having me on the show. My pleasure. Yeah, you're yeah.
2: welcome back anytime. Yeah, Have a great care. set today.
1: And I always feel like, man, some of the stuff, like on interview, I'm always trying to be friendly and stuff, and then I'm like, we're going to nuke Montreal, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: by Warbringer, featuring John Keeble. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the update. Thanks for being a part of the Talking Metal family for so long. And we are hanging in Midtown Manhattan with John on this epic episode of Talking Metal. John, I'm going to hit one more, one more interview from. Uh, the Heavy Montreal Festival, which is so great, man. I hope you can get up there one day, oh, one, I, one year I, with me. I have a feeling that next year I will be up there. They drive, they drive me around on golf carts. That's insane. It's like They That's feed insane. us, put us up in a hotel room. It's so great. Flew me up there. Uh, so much fun. And I got so many great interviews, including this one with David Sanchez of the great thrash metal band Havoc. They put on a blistering set at Heavy Montreal. This is Hang 'Em High. Followed by my interview with David Sanchez of Havoc. We are here with David Sanchez of Havoc at Heavy Montreal 2018. You guys are playing later today. Have you played Heavy Montreal, David, before? Yeah, we played
5: like four or five years ago. Did you? Cool. Yeah. It was killer. Cool.
2: Was that the Metallica year? Or I'm trying to... No, think no. That. Before that. Before that. Cool. Cool. And do you guys prefer festivals or headlining shows, like how, how do you, uh, two different beasts?
5: Um, festivals are cool. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it's like party atmosphere But I, I like playing smaller shows Where I can like headbang sweat onto people Yeah right Th- Those on. are more fun right? On in you. my opinion I, I like being up close Cool And you're currently out with Jungle Rot and Extinction
2: AD How's the tour going? It's
5: great Yeah Yeah. We, we, uh, Jungle Rot just met up with us a few shows ago Extinction's been out with us the whole time yeah, and We had uh, four shows in Canada with Suicidal Tendencies Oh nice And um, is, uh, cool. Yeah, it runs great
2: Cool. And your last record uh, is about a year and a half old right now. Little time has passed since it came out. How how's it still feeling to you? How you living with it at this point? It's
5: cool. Yeah. Um, we're all pretty happy with how it turned out. aside Yeah, aside And uh, all of us feel like it's our best record. And the crowd and the fans seem to really dig it. So yeah, <clears throat> it's fun to play that stuff live. And we'll play a bunch of it today. And cool. um, we're getting ready to write another one soon. Oh, cool. Cool. So writing hasn't begun yet? Not really. We've got some riffs in the
2: stockpile. Right. But right. Cool. Nothing fleshed out yet. Cool. And it's been almost 10 years. I think next year will be 10 years since your, your first full-length Burn came out. And you've been doing this band for about 14 years now. Yeah. What, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned since starting this band? Um, keep expectations low and never
5: be disappointed. But yep. that's not with this band. That's just with life in general. Right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it seems like a good Yeah, a expectation good is
5: the root of heartache. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think it's not necessary, but I think it's a good idea if you're going to start a band and go on tour to have a guy that is a mechanic <laughs> in your yeah. van yeah. It's
2: fix the van and fix the, <laughs> yeah yeah
5: yeah a lot of breakdowns over the years yeah, of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're machines they they break down especially with you know how hard we run them right. We're, right we're on tour very frequently and uh
2: we definitely beat them up when we go out right on so the you have some riffs you're going to be doing some songwriting what direction do you think you'll be heading musically with, with the next release? And I think
5: we- with every record, the boundaries keep getting, like, broader. Yeah. And we keep stretching the box out, and I right. think the next one will do that more. It'll still be heavy and groovy and cool and fast, but right. there'll be some
2: probably weird shit on there, too, that'll throw a curveball to people. Right on. And are you thinking 2019 release? Hoping so, yeah. Yeah, cool. And la- label-wise, do you have a, a label... Sp-
5: yeah, Century Media. Century Media. This will be our second record
2: with them. Cool, cool. And one thing that's been going on on social media a lot—I don't know if you're on Facebook—I I see all these people posting like ten albums that meant a lot to them in their life for whatever reason. For you personally, could you give me like two or three albums? They don't even have to—they can be metal. They can be outside of metal. Just two or f- three musical albums. They don't necessarily have to be the best albums, but they are albums that meant a lot to you
5: i think mr bungle's first record mr bungle yeah that is a huge huge inspiration to me every time i listen to it i hear new things that i didn't catch before right and um there's just so much fucking work that went into making that record yeah like aside from the music being super interesting and and uh just really innovative i mean they'll throw like eight different genres of music in one song right aside from the music being genius I think it's really cool that they added so many, like, samples and, like, effects and weird shit after the music was recorded to make the record just, like, a complete mindfuck when you listen to it start to finish. It's, right. It's one of my favorite things ever. Right. Recorded. Cool. That would be one of them. Also, um, let's see. This is another, like, top, top favorite. That's tough. There's so many good ones. But uh, I think probably... Rain and Blood, okay. Slayer, for the sure. obvious reasons, is yeah. intense, and um, the speed and aggression is off the charts. Uh, if I had to pick a third one, I'd say Frank Zappa. You are what you is.
2: Oh wow, that's an interesting one. It was uh, Steve Vise on that, right? I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah Steve Vai's yeah. on it. Yeah. Um,
5: you Are What You Is is really cool because from start to finish the whole record there's no like lulls pauses in between songs every song kind of like seamlessly goes into the next song Right. which is really cool start to finish it's like a one, yeah, one piece pick. of
2: music even for like the Zappa fan base is a it's an interesting pick Charlina Char- oh. on that record Charlena, right it, Charlena is on Dem Us
5: oh okay alright oh, alright right. all right, but uh, there's some good good wow, tracks you know on that Zappa. one too <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then probably like Oingo Boingo Only really? The Lad wow. their first full length album is very inspiring to me because Danny Elfman writes some really fucked up weird cool music yes it's very interesting and musically dense right. but uh, at the same time yes. he's writing stuff that's super super catchy right you know even though the super weird music that's very chromatic and like atonal often somehow it's still fucking catchy and it's all hooks the intro's you know easy to get stuck in your head then the verse has got a hook then the pre-chorus has a hook then the chorus has a hook And the middle has a hook right I think the songwriting um, the caliber of songwriting is really high even if it's not appreciated by the masses I think it's Uh, Right up there with, like,
2: you know, Lennon-McCartney stuff. Wow. Very cool. And before we let you go, when you're not doing music and you're not in the studio or out in the road touring, what do you do to keep yourself busy? Do you have hobbies? Do you have other interests outside of music? When we're not on the road?
5: Yeah. I like to go hiking. Hiking? Yeah, I like taking road trips and going camping, hanging out with my dogs. Cool. What kind of dogs do you have? I've got a pit, a... uh, Boxer mix and a bulldog mix. Excellent. Yeah, they're all cool. Um, like hiking, reading, making art. Um, what kind of art do you do? I uh, just like d- doodling, drawing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's fun. Cool. <laughs> uh, I like watching documentaries. You see any good ones lately? Lately. I watched this really interesting um, series on Netflix called "Wild Wild Country" ah, okay. about this cult in Oregon that ah. almost took like the whole state over. Right, right. People were like poisoning the water supply and trying to, you know, push the original residents out. Wow, <laughs> it's really yeah. crazy. Fucked up.
2: Cool. We'll have a great set today at Heavy Montreal and thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Talking Metal. Yeah,
5: my pleasure. Thanks, Thanks you. David.
3: came out in 2009 and yes I still call them records yeah even if they're too. not on physical records yeah I do too
2: definitely and let's let's just jump right into this last interview Skin, uh, Skindred is a little bit I, I don't know it maybe the oddball in this episode since we've kind of been doing that aggressive thrash metal music Skindred is definitely a, a different style I think they're great I think their new record Big Tings was was awesome it's worth checking out if you like catchy aggressive rock pop element here a lot of different influences thrown in there they are a great great band and definitely check out their new record big tings and anyways uh john again you interviewed this guy back in 2005 here we are in two thousand eighteen. The same two guys doing the same podcast, talking. Metal I can't believe it's 2018
3: g- and yeah. we started in 2005.
2: It's it's ridiculous. how crazy is that? It really is. I crazy. thought
3: we were doing this for ten years. We're doing this for like now. What's that? Thirteen years?
2: Thirteen years. 2000.
3: Yeah. But see, it just seems so weird. 2005, I can I can understand that I've been living in 2005. 2018 sounds like I'm in like we're Mars in the future. or something. Yeah. You know, like yeah, welcome to the sounds- future, man. Yeah. You remember when I... <laughs> did I tell you about yeah. that before in the future? When I went to this building called The Future on like 30th and Lexington yeah, Avenue. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I walked it was into an the apartment place, building. It an right? and, yeah. uh, and the welcome. guy goes, welcome to the future. Right. <laughs> yeah, I remember And, and yeah. of course, I, I didn't buy because it, back yeah, then... Yeah, they were trying to sell you an apartment. Yeah, they were trying yeah. to sell me an apartment. And and with today's standards, if, if it was that price, I would buy it to right this second. But uh, back then, that was a total you know, lots of money for me that I did not have at that point in, in 1993 or whatever it was uh, when I went to the future, yeah. but the building still exists. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, I can't the future. believe you can still rent an apartment. You there. can still yeah. rent an apartment in the future. Probably not as
2: nice as it was in 19. No uh, longer whatever. that nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's no
3: longer the future. You know what the future it's is? The that, it's the past. They've renamed it. the past. The got <laughs> called the past. Uh, <laughs> The, they got a Trader Joe's under there. I don't know. You, know. you know what the future is now? That what? crazy rectangular building up in the 50s in the east side? No, it, no, it's no, no. a tall rectangle. It's it's a complete, perfect rectangle from bottom to top. And J-Lo and A-Rod, oh. are they together? Probably, I yeah. think they're in the penthouse. Yeah. Like, I, I think they're be. up top. Yeah. So if you want to meet them, you just go there. And hang out. Now, I was looking online on Instagram, which I'm not an expert on. These pictures came up, and I thought it said, like, it said something like three, I thought it said 3000 I was like, oh, I can afford that per month. No, it was uh, $3 million
2: Oh, $3 For, million like, a, a month. studio apartment. Yeah. Or, or $3 million or to, to buy, buy or buy
3: something like that. So, unfortunately, I'm not moving into the building with uh, J-Lo and A-Rod. However, for, like, about an hour, I thought I was moving in there.
2: Right. Right. Negative. Uh, All right, not true. Yeah. Once Talking Metal <laughs> breaks through to the the yeah. mainstream, I might money in That's my goal. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. Anyways, this is that's my jam. There's a great music video to this by Skindred, and then we will talk with Benji of Skindred.
0: because you're afraid for the-
7: Enjoying it. We got a little sunshine in England, so I'm happy.
2: Oh, that's good. Glad to hear that. It's been a while, man. We had you on the uh, show back in 2005. I was just going yeah, through that's, the.
7: That's too long ago, mate. Yeah. That's <laughs> too, too long ago. Yeah.
2: So I'm glad we're reconnecting here in, in 2018, which is an exciting time for. For Skindred or at least Skindred fans, I mean, I'm really, really digging the new record, Big Tings. It's out now. Came out in April. And let's just start off with the video for "That's My Jam." How clever and how awesome is is this video? I just love it. I mean, it, total concept behind it. It's not just a band on a soundstage, which is kind well, of boring, you know. Well,
7: let's talk about the video. Well, we got sick of the same thing. Like, um, we just thought like doing the the whole band playing the song, blah blah blah, and you know, in- involving loads of people and all that crap. We just decided, well, the drummer basically, Aria, he had the idea to do the video of this cat because we had a cat on the album cover, which we thought was really cool, the, you know, with the shades and stuff. And basically, it was all Aria's idea. He found the guy who who, um, who shot the video for him, and we just wanted to do something different, that, something that you know, you, you never had to you never had to be in. So we was happy with that, definitely.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's just a it's a clever video. There's a great story that's going on there. And then the song is just is just epic. And there are so many great songs on the new record Big Tings. And, you know, I'm not not a skindred expert. So correct me if I'm wrong. But it does feel like you guys have 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 gone in in a slightly different musical direction with this than than you had on on some of the previous records. Do you
7: agree with that? I totally agree with it. I, I also think that what what, what with big things is normally in a in a, a skinhead situation of writing an album, uh, a lot of the pressure lyrically and melodies and stuff like that is put on me. But the guys are coming in, it, you know they're not they're not children. Uh, I mean, I'm older than the guys in the band, and they've just had a lot of ideas over the years that. I've said, oh well, let's do that another time. Well, it came to the time where we were going to do something that the guys have been doing. Mikey came with the idea for big, sort of. Um, that's my jam, and we played it to the producer. We we all we wrote about twenty songs, and just said to the producer, "You pick the songs." And I guess he just dug what, what well, you know, that's my jam, big things, you know, and and, and yeah, it was a good vibe.
2: Absolutely, and you know, it's like I could almost see like a, a different audience base too getting into the music. I mean, at times, you know, I, I hear like the Faith No More stuff that that Faith No More fan might like, but also like I could see like Queens of the Stone Age fans or even Foo Fighter fans <laughs> digging what you're doing here.
7: Yeah, we've always been fans of that kind of stuff, and I. I think it's it's really cool that we can actually just experiment and en- enjoy that kind of sound as well. You know, we're, we're big fans of rock music, full stop, you know, from ACDC to the Foo Fighters, as mentioned, you know what I mean? And all the way through, you know, I don't think, I, I think without bands like that, we couldn't have wrote that the, the record that we just written.
2: Absolutely. And it, again, the album that we're talking about is Big Tings by Skindred, where you're talking with Benji Webb. And you guys, uh, you've been doing a lot of festivals, it seems like, this summer. You, yeah. you're
7: we we've been so blessed to play so many festivals in europe i think you know uh, radio shows in the states are very different from festivals in europe you know as much as you you know they're great but i just feel like in 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 europe it's just a little more crazy you know i mean like the, the other night we played with um believe, check this bill we played with um 9 inch nails um <laughs> hollywood undead nice. and limp biscuit and that was that was a hell wow. of a show you know <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. it, it was uh, and what the Nine Inch Nails was just an experience because the lighting show and sonically they were they were unbelievable. So you know we get we get to, we're very lucky we get to see some great live acts.
2: And do you do you tailor your your set list to never. to the festival?
7: Never. No, no. We never compromise. That's the worst thing any band can do. You know because you know what if you go out there and compromise, people are not seeing the true you. You know so we always we always try to make our set. A, a set that we enjoy henceforth if a crowd digs it then we we went there and we won them over Just we've won them over in, in what we do not what we um not compromising you know right and so that's something we never do we never do that that i don't think I, I don't think any band should do that i think it'd be crazy to do that
2: right on right on now honest uh, you know skindred's been out there really going on two decades at this point i think what yeah, 18, 18, years, years, yeah. 18 years yeah 18 years, yeah when, when you, you look know what
7: the beautiful the beautiful thing about Skin Dread, 18 years with the same lineup.
2: That is that's amazing. Pretty,
7: you know, I mean, don't, and none of us, we're not prisoners to Skin Dread. You know, we can do what we want. So I'm just showing you how much we love what we're doing and how real we are within that. Having the same lineup for all them years. I mean, I'm, I'm older than the guys in the band and they've been doing it since they were in, the, in their early 20s. You know, and now they're, now they're touching in their late 30s. You right. know, so it's been, it's been a blessing for sure to, to have the same guys. I've seen them go from young men to men with houses and children of their own, you know? So it's really wow. cool.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. And when you look back at the, the eighteen year career you've and you know, I know you've done stuff before Skindred and alongside of Skindred, but specifically with Skindred, that eighteen year career, what are some of the highlights that, that jump out to, uh, of that of that time with Skindred?
7: Well, getting dropped by record companies is very cool. <laughs> you know. No, I tell you, because you know with a lot of people, they think because they got a record company gets involved and then the record company goes, oh, we don't want you no more. For us, it's always a challenge to know that we've been keep, we been keep on going. I think we've released, I think it's like seven albums and we've had six different record companies. And it doesn't matter about the record companies. I think if a band is strong and it's tight within themselves, within the spirit of the band, I think that's what's, basically that's been a highlight for us because every time that adversary comes against us, we unite stronger and move forward. I mean, we've played like, you know, big shows. I mean, I, I, I got asked to sing with Korn once and all that. But I think the the most impressive thing for me is how we've gone through the the battles with labels and come out the other side and then continued with another label to make a record. I think that's, a lot of bands out there, they get disheartened when they lose a record label. I, I, I think that's just the beginning. It's, a, it's an opportunity. Like I said, I think it's the Chinese, they say, um, Crisis... Crisis is just, is another word for opportunity, you know.
2: Right on, definitely, definitely. And again, you always have so much musical stuff going on. I know uh, Dub War is is another thing you do. You guys had a sing sing single out back in two thousand sixteen. Is there any new material?
7: Yeah, we mater- yeah, write writing new material. I would I'd like to put put, put out a new album from Dub War because like, I think it was what Dub War finished in ninety seven. Um, we've, we're still very close friends. I mean, the guys in Dub War actually live in my hometown, so I see them all the time. We, we write a lot of stuff together, even outside of of Dub War. We just we're always in co- connections. We're always in con- c- contact with each other. So I believe that we're going to get in the studio. We've written, I think we've written about ten songs. Oh, okay. yeah. So we're gonna, gonna finish. We're gonna finish it. We're gonna get a new. I think it's gonna be called um, the Declaration of Dub War.
2: Wow, cool. <laughs> And yeah, man. So you're doing a lot of European stuff with Skindred this uh, this summer, yeah,
7: but we're I, itching to get to the states, bro. Okay, that was honest? my question. Yeah, yeah, we're itching. I mean, I, uh, it's it, you know, people gotta understand that people just think we put a map, we put, we put a pin in a map and say, let's go, guys. It ain't like that. You know, it takes a lot. You know, I mean. You, you need to sort out a tour, you need to sort out, you know, how you're going to get to the shows, and and, and then also you you got to pay for your um, visas to work and stuff. So in, people who think that we're just staying in Europe because we want to be here, you know, when the right time comes and the right promoter comes along, we're going to be in the States doing what we do best.
2: Cool, cool, yeah. I mean, we'd love to get you some of the the festivals over here. We've we got I Heavy know. Montreal, you guys would fit in great there, that's uh. uh Festival up in Canada that they do each each year.
7: Yeah, I do, I do enjoy Canada too. Yeah, man.
2: Yeah, cool. Well, Benji, it's great catching up with you again, and I, I hope the uh, the whatever it's been fourteen years don't go by before we do another interview. Let's let's stay yeah, in touch.
7: I'm, I got a feeling that we're gonna be back on on the U.S. soil before you know it. I really have.
2: Awesome, awesome, and best of luck to you. And we will uh, we will promote the record here on Talking Metal again. It is. Big Tings by Skindred. Guys, definitely go check it out. We'll have the links up in today's show notes. Thank you, Benji.
7: Thank you, sir. Hope okay. to see you again. Soon. Yeah, take Bye. care, man. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you.
3: From the new album by Skindred, featuring my good friend Benji, who I interviewed back in two thousand five. <laughs> you're a good friend. I'm kidding, uh, Benji. I consider if you're on Talking Metal, you're you're always my good friend.
2: So many, even though s- we haven't seen each
3: other since two thousand
2: five. But um, so many in interviews, my book, you're my yeah. good friend. So many interviews, and and we haven't rehearsed this at all or spoken yeah. about this. But John and I, at least verbally, have kind of agreed that he's going to be coming a little bit more back in the fold of the Correct. podcast. There, you've been for the last uh, probably year and a half, two years. You've been making a lot of appearances. There was that weird fourteen month period That's where insane. you were missing completely. I cannot believe that. And and you know the the podcast has gone up and down. And tentatively, I haven't even spoken with you about this beforehand. But I, I Emily has become a part of the podcast, Correct. and the listeners, you guys seem to really embrace her, which is awesome. She's great, and. And the, the the thing that I said to her, and she wholeheartedly agreed, was two things that we want to really happen with the podcast. For a while, I stopped having any guests. Then we started bringing guests back. But it seems for the most part, with a few exceptions, I focused more on the classic 80s kind of era guys. And when this show started, we, we did all those guys, but we also did... Younger, melodic death metal from Sweden. We did, you know, Dark Tranquility and all this, Mm -hmm. Arch Enemy and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, I felt we were much more diverse musically back in those days. So with Heavy Montreal, it was great because I I interviewed more diverse musical bands up there that we're going to be hearing from. So... Moving forward, the tentative plan is more diversity and more astronomy. I like it. More astronomy. Uh, I like yeah. it. More diversity so, and more astronomy. Very yeah. good. So I think we really, uh, you know, it's good to shake things up every now and again. And I, I kind of feel like the tentative plan, depending on your availability, is we're going for full circle.
3: Correct. We're going back to the old days. Uh, you're going to hear a lot more stuff, my prediction, a lot from more Mark drinking. and I out, yeah, out at bars, a lot more... Uh, it's a quote an old uh, tape, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of drinking, a lot of music, a lot of jamming. Right, <laughs> You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Uh, not, is that? Yeah, uh, that's uh, Jim Hennigan. Yeah, yeah, Jim Hennigan. A lot okay. of, a lot of jamming. I got my jack. We're not sure if he meant Jack Daniels or the jack for the guitar, but he's got a right. Tascam, uh, mixes out the ass. He's got yeah. a lot of stuff. Remember that quote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's got, I got a DX7,
2: I got I got a, uh, you know, MK3, like I got I got this. Yeah, basically, Jim Hennigan was this guy who yeah. played in a band called Chrome Locust with Todd Youth, <laughs> who once played with, yes, yeah, with is, Ace, yeah. and Jim did a prank call tape back in the day yeah, so like in, good. in the Aquarian and the Village Voice and I'm sure in the Midwest, the Illinois Entertainer, people used to put in ads like saying, looking for a guitarist, no posers, yeah. you know, must have good gear and awesome chops, yeah. you, you know, or, or looking for a guitarist into Cinderella, White Lion, and Slaughter, must have the look, but the also chops. must have the chops. Yeah. Y- you know um, and the
3: greatest thing is jim goes he goes he called one and he goes look he goes
2: so he, he goes, called these ads yeah. and he prank called the ads and he right. record them and he released them kind of as a jerky boys tape yeah. type of thing the
3: best one is when and he, it was he, he caught up hilarious. and he was reading the requirements he goes okay look i'm i'm ten. it says between 5 7 and five eleven, uh, and he goes i got the height he goes uh he goes between like 25 and 30 he goes i'm 27 i got the age and and he's like, he goes, must have long hair. And he goes, I'm not a mercenary. So that was a term back right, in the day. Right. A mercenary yeah, must like, not be a mercenary. he's yeah, like I'm not mercenaries a in
2: yeah. in the the musician wanted ads. Right. Mercenaries meant you wanted to be paid. Oh right right yeah. right. So if a you're mercenary. a mercenary, I didn't even know what that meant. It would, it would mean like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll be in your band if you pay me right. to come to rehearsal and, and pay me for the gigs. You know.
3: Yeah, and then he goes, and I got the looks, and I got the chops, and the, the greatest thing in the whole thing is after he talked to this one guy, may have been from the the classic group of New York City Ripcord, um, he uh, and if if you're if Ripcord guys are listening to this, look, we I, I personally think Ripcord was probably a cool band, but um, and uh, if you're on contact talking metal, we'll get Ripcord on talking metal. That'll be a huge score for us, uh, anyway. <laughs> What happened was no after knows he knows who you're talking it, about. After, oh, you know, R- 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 <laughs> R- R- Quir- I know what you're yeah. talking about. So after, sure anybody...
2: after R- R- uh, Quir- uh, Quir- the a whole New York call, yeah. the guy goes. That gym um, prank call. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he goes. The guy's like, well, do you have the, the, you know, do you have long hair? And after like 30 minutes of talking about how great he was, he goes, well, you know, the striegls in the back are pretty long, but, you know, it's bowled up top. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's my favorite quote. I've yeah. that yeah. whole and, day. And, and for people who don't understand, back in the day, yeah. hair was so was a important. big deal. Yeah. 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 And yeah. If, if, if you were the least bit receding or yeah. or, uh, or it was like like, a or like thinning, yeah. like yeah. no go. You're not, no, yeah, you're not in the band. <laughs> I mean, there's that there's that story about about some of the 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 original Cinderella guys who had thinning hair and they were booted out of the band by the label because wow. they wanted people with thicker hair. And Man. and maybe that's why they reappeared in Britney Fox with massive hair yeah, yeah, they, systems. Yeah. yeah hair yeah, systems. Yeah. That's my favorite word, system. Yeah. Like yeah. And I don't know if you know if that story is true, so don't but go into We're gonna look it, it but, up, but but yeah, that yeah. was that was one. You know the, who I like
3: Dizzy Dean Davidson. Yeah. yeah. Speaking oh, of systems. Yeah. yeah so you know who Wait, I uh, was that the
2: singer or the guitar singer player? Singer of Okay, I don't know if he had I a think system,
3: Billy Childs but, was the guitarist. He was the yeah. guy with the
2: with oh, the kind of like suspicious looking hair. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know who I spoke
3: with the other day, Eric Brittingham. Oh wow, cool! Yeah, bass player uh, Brett Michaels. Bre- yeah. yeah, he's really cool. And your buddy Pete, Pete, oh, Pete Evick. Evick, Yeah, yeah
2: he's yeah, so I've, I've cool. Heard from him Pete in a is a while, so cool. Yeah. He was a, a good friend of our 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 buddy who died, AJ, aka CC Banana. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so. Uh, Pete Evitt, great guy. Though, yeah, yeah, Pete
3: was great, and Eric Brittingham was really nice, and uh, they're, p- of course, playing with Brett Michaels. We just did a, fe- a I say we, meaning the Ace Fraley uh, entourage. John, just did a John was
2: uh, Ace's tour manager, personal assistant, right? aka sometime manager, right? Correct. Yep.
3: yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, so we had a blast. Uh, I, I got to go into Brett's uh, Brett Michaels' room, took a really cool shot of uh Ace and Brett that I posted on my Facebook and on Ace's. Lita Ford was there. I've been I've been. Oh, becoming, I saw I
2: saw a picture you posted of Ace yeah. and Lita. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I've been uh, becoming good, uh, closer friends with Lita Ford, which has been great. Uh, uh, which I think is really cool. I know Lita, some of her friends, and uh, some and of the guys talking in her metal, band. I
2: think three times. I'm not sure. Maybe tw- have two on. or three times. We've had her on. Yeah, we she's need her really cool. Yeah, yeah. I,
3: you know I will definitely get her back. And uh, so I had a blast in, in July hanging out with those guys. Hang out with the guys on Autograph, who we originally met at M3. Uh, Simon, Steve, Randy, uh, everybody has been very, very cool. Yeah. Um, they're all cool. I, if I'm missing anybody, uh, And I will me. end
2: it with, you know, we're going to wrap things up. I will end it with this. Lita Ford, when I interviewed her in person in New Jersey at, at a festival, which will go unnamed, um, we were backstage and I said to her, Lita, the last time I saw you play live was Heavy Montreal, which I guess was probably Heavy Montreal 2015, I'm thinking. And she said, now those people know how to run a festival. Heavy Montreal, wow. class, act, all the way. She was like, this place, a shit show. Wow. That's what she said to me before the Man. interview. Yeah.
3: You know, for, for, for all of the listeners, uh, these festivals are really major undertakings, and, and you really need... Um, you need to have a staff I would recommend if I was putting on a festival to have like two or three people devoted to every act. But like the back of Heavy Montreal there's about 100 bands listed there.
2: Right. You can't have like 400 people working for your festival. Like like they somehow they somehow managed to do it and uh, I know. mean they, they like I I one point at the at the end of Saturday night I got a little drunk and I thought I lost my wallet. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of a long story, but I, I emailed them in a drunken stupor. I was like, I lost my wallet. And they put out like an all points bulletin. bulletin. Wow. They had people running around the island searching for Mark Striegel's wallet. Man. And it turns out I, it had just fallen behind the desk in the hotel room. <laughs> and it, Once I sobered up a little bit, I actually realized oh, that. No. I, I emailed them back and they like called off the search. But wow. that, that showed me That's how, how pro how they, they, are. They, they, they are. They are totally on it. And some mm-hmm. idiot podcaster from New Jersey loses his wallet. And they're like. Sound the alarm! Yeah, that, mean, it was, it was, was amazing. So
3: good for them, and and what a great uh, festival that is. Um, I had such a blast at the uh, festival I was uh, last at. Uh, what was at that? Cadot. Uh, and then I we were at a festival in Walker, Minnesota, and Cadot. Um, Where is that? Kadat is in Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin, okay. Yeah, and and uh, a guy named Craig helped me out in wa- Walker. It was a great festival, and um, and you know his whole family uh, chipped in. His daughter drove us. He drove us. It was great. We cool. had a blast in uh, both of those festivals. Awesome. Festivals are fun.
2: Yeah, I love festivals, and uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, get you doing some some stuff with us at M three next year. Yeah, M three. Uh, if also, I'm as long maybe as I'm not heavy Montreal, tour. who knows? Yeah,
3: and I'd love to go to Heavy Montreal. I'd love to go to
2: Canada. Yeah, no, it's fun up there. Definitely cool, John.
3: Montreal, as they say in uh, French. Do
2: they call it Montreal up there? Oh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's that's one uh, thing I will say. Montréal, that is French pr-
3: pronunciation.
2: I thought was was a little dicky was uh, when Fred Durst who I hadn't seen Limp Biscuit since nineteen ninety six. I know everyone's like, oh my god, he likes Limp Biscuit. No, I like Limp Biscuit, I like their second album. I like their second album, Mm -hmm. the significant other. But Fred Durst and they did deliver. I mean the plays were crazy, but they are live. And even I felt myself going, ah I remember this. You I know, like it. But he and said at one funny. point, he was, like, he was like, Montreal, he's like, what the fuck's up with you people? He's like, is it French or is it English? He's like, pick one, motherfuckers. Oh, Which, bro. Because, yeah. And I will say this, that it's interesting because I remember when I was a kid, I'd go to Montreal. If you didn't know French, you were fucked. Wow. But now everyone knows English. Wow. I mean, yeah, I didn't friend, know that. Yep. I hate to reveal secrets, but Mitch Lafon, our good friend, he's right. a... Uh, he, Teacher? Job, yeah, he teaches English in the. In wow. The, so thanks to Mitchell Lafon, he's got the he whole fucking the city. He taught the whole uh, Canada <laughs> how Speaking to speak English. English. Yeah. 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 Good for
3: Mitch. Yeah. And uh, I, I won an award in ninth grade as best French speaker.
2: Oh, did you? Well, cool. I huh?
3: only know how to say one thing. Juju de la batterie. It means I play the drums. Oh really? Yeah. Je m'appelle Jean. Je Joujou,
2: je yeah. au, je au guitar. Yeah you're, you're, yeah. yeah, you're. Yeah, Au guitar or could be it. Je, I, I, yeah, je I don't. Or yeah. the, je yeah. guitar? Le no, guitar. I don't know that. Yeah. I I know je joue je au volleyball. volleyball. That means What's that I, mean? I play volleyball, which oh. I don't. But uh, I
3: know bibliothèque means library, and uh, uh, W C means water closet.
2: What, merci. Everyone say, oh, thank merci. you. Yeah, okay. merci. I, I kept saying that. When merci say beaucoup. I be, mean, merci, merci. Merci. Yeah, so yeah. I like in,
3: in Russian it's spicy, spicebo or
2: something like that. Yeah. I, don't know. I will say, when you get underground on the metro subway, they have mm-hmm. there, everything is in French. I got really confused oh, and really? lost wow. a couple times, but yeah, I want to uh, go to Montreal. Yeah, Montreal, Montreal. Fun stuff, fun stuff. John, it's been great hanging with yes. you here in Midtown Manhattan. Talking metal, checking out. Do we want to play one more song to take us out, or are yes? We, Let's or are we play done?
3: one more song. I always like to end with a song. Well, I'm going to let you pick it because I don't have. Okay, can I pick it from yeah. any song, any or does genre, it have to fit the genre of this episode? Nah, any anything, any song. Okay. Okay. Maybe
2: Arthur's since we theme were talking about by, what's that? I, I Arthur's theme song by Christopher Cross. Oh no, no Christopher kidding. Cross, I like, I like oh, that. Um, I was thinking
3: uh, maybe a song by Huey Lewis and the News. No, let's play no. some okay, hard oh, rock. G- how about another song? Um,
2: <laughs> how about John's being funny, by the way? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I like Huey Lewis. I so like his being totally yeah, he, And Huey Lewis played harmonica on some Thin Lizzie songs. Oh, I didn't know that. At yeah. least one, yeah. That is, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I love, uh, I love John
3: Sykes. Um, yeah. I, I love. Uh, White Snake, but you know, I want to play a song by Blue Murder. Oh, nice, John Sykes, Carmine, Carmine, Carmine coming Carmine Peace uh, yeah, Apice? No, ca- yeah, Apice Vinnie Appice, Carmine Appice, Carmine Peace.
2: Yeah. How about uh, Valley of the Kings? Mm-hmm. Carmine is being managed by our good friend Dame, Damon. By the way, wow, yeah, I don't know if you know that, but uh, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Is that a song? Yeah, yep. Valley
3: of the Kings by Blue Murder. Carmine gave me an impromptu drum lesson back before we knew him on the podcast or anything. In Boston, Massachusetts, they were playing a gig at the Paradise Rock Club in nine. I don't know whenever that album came out, and a group called the Stage Dolls opened up. They were from Sweden, I believe, uh, or or somewhere in that area. Um, forgive me if I'm incorrect on that, but. Uh, I, uh, I tapped out the, Carmine put me on the spot and said tap out the beat with your foot and with your two hands and I did it and he said I had it right and he wrote me out like some notes, musical notes, and uh, he taught me how to play uh, some Blue Murder music. Cool. Cool. So let's hear that song. John Sykes was amazing. and uh, I don't know if everybody knows this, most of you should know this, that he wrote a lot of the songs, if not most of the songs on that self-titled Whitesnake record that featured Adrian Vandenberg and Vivian Campbell the video.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Adrian played, I think, one solo on, oh, Here, on I, the record? It Here I yeah. Go Again. Yeah, I he, might he have played been, the yeah. solo for that. And then uh, it was a weird thing because it was like Neil Murray on bass. I think Lee, Ansley Dunsbar, I'm not on, Googling this, so don't crucify me. Yeah, Ansley Dunsbar was on drums. Uh, John Sykes, who... David Coverdale had grabbed because he loved his work with Thin Lizzy, uh, right. on on that last Thin Lizzy record, and uh, yeah, they did that self titled thing, and then everyone was basically let go, and they were replaced with cool looking metal dudes, right? Yeah, and which worked, you know, and there was vi- it did, but I thought John Sykes looked just as cool as all those John other guys. John Sykes, I I feel like he was a younger dude, and they should have kept him, right? Cause, cause, but but they didn't, and I, I guess him and Coverdale had issues, but right. they brought in, of course, uh, Ozzy's... Rudy Sarzo. Brought, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Ozzy's team from the Diary of the Madman tour, not the oh, album, okay. right, which right. was Tommy Aldridge and Rudy yeah. Sarzo, right. and then, of course Vivian, who had been with Dio, right. joined mm-hmm. up, Vivian Campbell, and now with Def Leppard, and then they brought in... Adrian Vandenberg, right? Yeah, Adrian Vandenberg from and, Vandenberg. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, and then,
3: didn't Steve Vai end up in White Snake? Yeah, some point? that was the next record, right? Right. Which and was who did the he tongue? replace? Yeah.
2: Who left, and who did Steve Vai replace? Ooh, wow, that's a tough one. I believe he re- he came in. I believe, well. At some point... It was either Vivian Campbell or Vandenberg. Yeah, I think Adrian Vandenberg was hurt in a in an accident. Oh, okay. But he remained in the band, and I believe... Ah, you're putting me on the well, I'm sorry. I believe it was Vivian Campbell who left. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to have to... So hey, Vivian Campbell is We don't in, know every fact, guys. In okay, those, In those videos, but as far as I know, he never played a note on I mean, any white snake. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. Come on. As far as I know. But... Anyways, that's it. Let's do it. Valley of the the Kings Kings by by Blue Blue Murder
3: featuring
2: Tony Franklin
3: on bass, I believe. Um, Carmine Apice, of course, a good friend of Talking Metal. And John
2: Sykes. Yeah, check us out on Patreon and use our Amazon links. PayPal donations welcome. Here we go. Blue Murder on Talking Metal.